0: Welcome, basketball fans. As today we have another episode of Sports Talk with Rags, and today we have uh, as our guest a friend, uh, Mitch Brown, as uh, he is a ODU alum and started in the TV business here in the here in the seven five seven, and then in uh, the summer of two thousand nineteen, went down to the Palmetto State. And uh, got uh got a job with being the sports director Fox TV there in Columbia South Carolina how you doing Mitch
1: I'm doing good mark it's good to, uh, good to talk with you man uh knowing you for quite some time now um and uh glad to be on the show glad to be a friend of the show
0: right hey well thanks uh thanks for uh making making time here to be be on the show I know that uh it's definitely a, a busy week here, and we'll get to uh, men and women's hoops. But to, uh, but to start off, uh, so in the introduction, I said that you were uh, an Old Dominion alum. So you want to uh, tell the listeners about your uh, ties here to the seven.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, it's been eight years down there. Um, it was everything and more that I could imagine. Um, it was, you know, 2011 to 2015, I'm on campus at Old Dominion. Uh, working with radio, doing print, um, doing some internships at some local radio stations. Then um, in 2015, 2014, I finally got an internship at Wavy TV, started there, um, became an editor, editor part time. Um, and then I moved on to WTKR a couple of months after graduation, um, did some photography in the mornings on news. And uh, eventually, they hired or promoted me to weekend sports anchor, along with uh, uh, Adam Winkler, my former sports director. He, uh, who you just had on the show, um, right? Uh, you know, and so uh, he came in from Austin. Um, I got moved up, um, and I'm 22 years old, youngest one in the newsroom. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, you know, but it did help that I was able to start uh, in hindsight in Norfolk. I knew people; uh, people respected me from being, you know, in the student. Uh, landscape and um it, it really was a great three four years that I had there on air loved the station uh loved norfolk, loved virginia beach loved the seven five in in its totality um and i haven't been i've only been back once um I had a conversation with jay harris um and that was last year around this time so uh, it's been a while, but I can't wait to get back man
0: yes and uh let's see i was uh Trying to uh, make it to hear Jay Harris, but things didn't work in my uh, in my schedule. But with being a ESPN follower and Jay, Jay Harris being a, a Monarch alum, trying, yes, to, trying, trying to get him on the show.
1: <laughs> no, yeah. Hey, look, you, you, if there's, a, if there's a totem pole. You're working your way. You should have started with me, then got to Adam, then uh, go out to Jay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, but uh, – no, uh, so uh, let's see. So when you were saying that you started at uh, Old Dominion in 2011, I mean that's when um, that's when Monarch Basketball was having a was having a nice run there in the Colonial, and you got uh, Baysmore, who's now who's now in the NBA. But they, were, you know, Old Dominion was definitely in uh, March Madness.
1: Yeah, we just passed that 10 year, uh, and we talked about it that 10 year anniversary of the CAA championship. Uh, one of the last ones for Old Dominion uh, that they won. Um, fun, Funny fact, I was in the stands at night in the Coliseum, but I wasn't there as an ODU fan. I was there as a GMU fan. Uh, I was hoping to go to GMU, uh, get accepted. Didn't get accepted. That's okay. They put a chip on my shoulder, GMU. So I got accepted into the only other college that I applied to, and that was Old Dominion. Uh, turned out to be a blessing in disguise um, because it's just a great school. I got a lot, but nothing but good things to say. Um, about my time there. Um, but, yeah, being in a tournament, I liked ODU, though. There was something about ODU that I liked. And I was like, I like the way they play. You had Keon Carter, um, Frank yeah. Cassell, Ben Finney on the wings, then Kent Bazemore, Darius James, uh, you know, Marcel Delancey, a lot of guys uh, on that team that were there. And, um, man, that was just the golden days right there with Blaine Taylor. Right.
0: Yeah, and uh, and Darius, Darius James, I mean, not only – was he uh, from Hollywood? There, right there in Virginia Beach, but he's still working with the uh, athletic athletic program mm-hmm. there. At, there at Old Dominion, but uh, but, but yeah, and with uh, the ten year ten year anniversary, I mean, there was uh, you know t- um, they ended up playing playing Butler and losing losing a close one, and then uh, I, let's let's see, and then one of your assignments was. To, Cover Old Dominion here, here a few a few years ago when they won the uh, conference conference USA yeah, yeah. Uh, tournament and and uh, and get back into the big dance. But uh, let's see. Uh, also, also while you were a student at Old Dominion, I mean, uh, 2012 Norfolk State had that uh, had that uh, shot the world there against Missouri.
1: <laughs> I remember being in Garth really- Mall um, with. Couple of my friends and just looking at my phone when Twitter was starting to emerge and uh, seeing that Norfolk State beat Missouri and I'm like Norfolk State beat Missouri, uh, <laughs> you know. And so lo and behold, as a student, extracurricular activities snuck over to Norfolk State just to see. Uh, so that you know they welcomed the team back home um, after they had or well they had gotten the block party before. It was this great great atmosphere out there before they got sent off. Came back, had a little celebration, too. Like, yo, we might have got eliminated, but we knocked off an SEC opponent. Like, that doesn't happen every day for an HBCU. So um, I remember being there for that. It uh, was a great moment. I got a soft spot for North State. Got a soft spot for Virginia Wesley and Hampton, all those schools there. I covered Hampton. That was my first assignment uh, when they played UVA in 2016 uh, down in Raleigh. I covered that game, and uh, that was my first live shot uh, and everything. Um, so I gotta, you know, I was able to cover just about every Virginia school making a tournament run. ODU, of course, last year, um, ironically, I was in Hartford, Connecticut and Adam was down here covering UVA in Columbia, South Carolina. Um, little did I know at that time, I didn't know I was coming down here about like four months later. Um, but I was like, man, that's a pretty nice backdrop that, that, uh, that arena is on. So two years later, here I am down here in, uh, in Cola.
0: Yeah. Yes. And, uh, Let's see with, uh, Norfolk state, um, you know, knocking off Missouri, uh, 15, 15, beating the two seed. I mean, uh, history, uh, is definitely on the Virginia school side. Cause, uh, back in the day you had Richmond be a 15 yeah. seed knock off number two Syracuse and, uh, and Hampton there in yeah. the late nineties. Uh, you know, uh, uh, knocking off uh, a two seed, I think it was Iowa State. So so definitely uh, those uh, Virginia schools, you know, um, have some luck. They're the 15-2 two, two seeds making making some history. <laughs> it's
1: going to be interesting to see if we can get another 16 beating the one and the Virginia team be on the 16 seed side of it now um you know uh watch out for norfolk state look i know uh they've got to get the first four um done with first but um just having a chance to watch them go against odu earlier this year watching and following what they've done in the Miac, obviously with south carolina state down here um they've got some ballers they've got joe bryan from lake taylor uh they got devontae carter um they got some some backcourt that you know what time of the year it is mark is it's march you get you get hot for one game that could be a w that catapults you
0: and your school to the next level the next round right and you know so yes Norfolk State is is in the first four playing uh Appalachian State and uh, Robert Jones he was he was an assistant there on the 2012 team and now now he's the head coach but uh you know it's certainly you know playing playing Thursday night and then uh, hopefully hopefully they win and go and go right to uh, play the undefeated overall number one seed on uh, on Saturday.
1: <laughs> it certainly would be some exposure. I'm not saying they're gonna go get out here and make a, a Cinderella run, but I would not be surprised if uh, Appalachian I was able to see them against South Carolina State um, this year. Um, they beat South Carolina State solidly, um, but it is a game that Norfolk State should be able to hang around and and have a chance to win near the end if they execute and they they limit the mistakes. If they keep this game under fifteen turnovers in that game, Norfolk State's going to give themselves a chance because they got shot makers uh, and they had they play a good style of basketball under Coach Jones. So,
0: right, yes, and it was uh, it was definitely nice to uh, with the with the tournament being being at scope, it was certainly certainly nice to see the to see the Spartans uh cut the cut the nets down just uh just down the street from uh from campus.
1: You know what's funny is like they've been they've been so close year in and year out with, with Norfolk State fans. I was there for the championship where they uh fell up just short. Um kind of got robbed in that game. I still remember that one. Um but you know it's just ironic that the year that there's really not fans in there and in their city they go on and win it um (laughs) some things are just funny the way their life works out you know that mark but um i I know coach jones well and he'll, he'll certainly take a trip to the tournament uh with little to no
0: fans rather than no trip there right yes and and with uh with last year with um what uh what was going on uh across the country and and no tournament i mean it's uh Mm -hmm. it's getting ready to getting ready to tip off tip off here here tomorrow with the first four and it's certainly it's certainly exciting i mean i know that the games are going to be in one state you you know the state of indiana but it's Mm -hmm. uh it's certainly exciting that we that we have uh march madness back
1: It's, it's been a long time. It's been over 365 days. Um, Shoot. We're going five, 600 days now at this point without March Madness. Um, So, you know, when you think about uh, how we had to navigate through the season, the cancellations, the postponements, um, you know, all the pauses, it was tough, but we're here. The teams that aren't here flushes down the toilet, get ready for next season. Um, You get your year of eligibility back, but to be in March Madness with the 68 teams that are there in Indianapolis, and then San Antonio for the women's tournament, it's go time. I mean, you know, it might be weird, but it's time to win the championship. So I think, you know, most of these teams are kind of locked into that um, once conference play started. Um, but but I'm excited for this tournament more than I have been in a while, not just because we finally get it back, but because you have so many teams and we don't have a clear cut favorite to win the championship.
0: Right. Right. And, uh you know, you know uh with you being down there in South Carolina I know you're in uh, Gamecock uh country there with uh, yeah, a but on the men's side before we go over to the women's side you know you got you got Clemson there that's in the uh that's in the Midwest bracket the um, Illinois Illinois region and Clemson um opening up against Rutgers uh were you mm-hmm. able to able to see Clemson Play this year, yeah, yeah. Clemson, Clemson is a team that you got to watch because they just always find a way
1: uh, to make things weird. They always find a way to, uh, you know, be in games that they're probably not supposed to be in, um, but they also lose some games they're not supposed to lose. But overall, Clemson is a team that plays old school. Um, they they want to go, you know, inside to Amir Sims, who can also stretch the floor. He's a leading scorer, thirteen points a game. You got Travis Honor, who's, you know, every bit of 5'8", five, 5'7", five, uh, out there uh, penetrating, getting and shooting threes for game winners. And he's a guy that's going to be a shot taker. You need that in March Madness. Um, you look at um, what, up, what else they have on that team. They got a couple of wing players. Um, only one player that scores over 10 points a game, and that's Amir Sims. But You got uh, Alamir Dawes. You've got Clyde Trapp on that backcourt. I think Clemson is a team that could make a sweet 16 run if things fall their way. Uh, Obviously they're in that uh, weird seating right there where it's just kind of either or. um, But I am interested to see if they can supplant. Rutgers can score. Rutgers can score. And in March you're going to have to score 60 to 70 points if you want to give yourself a guarantee to at least try and win the game. Because if you're scoring in the 40s, 50s right now, it's gonna to be tough sledding, and Clemson had
0: that problem sometimes this year. Right. And they were they were certainly off to a off to a good start. There were yeah. the there when the season started. But uh but yeah seven seven ten matchup and the winner plays Houston or Cleveland State, you know so uh so got a two two fifteen uh matchup awaiting the winner of Clemson Clemson Rutgers. mm um but uh but hey so have you have you taken the time to uh to fill out your bracket
1: man i've been slammed i haven't yet uh but i will before we get into the nitty-gritty tomorrow um you know i i it's good because you get that first four to kind of say all right i don't know if i want to take a 16 or not because umbc it happened like we can't just say okay just 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 pencil them in uh, it really is about matchups and college hoops, and more than ever this year. If you have four-year players, three-year players, you got a, a leg up. <clears throat> players that have been to this level before usually. Some teams are making their first appearances, and they've got upperclassmen making their first appearances. But I'm gonna tend to lean towards the teams that have been playing together for two, three years, as opposed to the team with frost or freshmen. Um, you know that are impact players. It's a different ballgame when you're playing. Uh, in in Indianapolis now, so uh, I'm interested to see what happens. But I'm going to lean with those teams, Mark, that that really have that senior leadership this year.
0: Yes. Uh, any? Um, let's see. I know that you haven't filled out your bracket, but any um, any uh, possible uh, highlights of of who you who you possibly uh, see there making a run to the Final Four there uh, in Lucas Oil.
1: Yeah, let's make it. Let's take a look at it real quick. I mean, one of the teams that I just had locked in because I was big on them last year and I thought they would have made a run is Houston, right? Uh, I really like Houston um, the way that they play. They have um, a defense that can switch. Kelvin Sampson, first of all, back on you know back on his bully doing what he does, um, getting teams that play rough, tough, and can score the basketball. So obviously, Houston um, is a two seed. They got Cleveland State, like we said, and Clemson. Um, it'll be tough for Clemson or Rutgers, uh to match up with Houston. Uh, one of the other teams I think can make a run here that's sneaky is uh, Maryland. <clears throat> now, I don't know if you watched the Big Ten tournament. Maryland uh, went up and they, they made it to the semifinals against Michigan. And you know what? They were close in that game. Uh, they, it ran away from them. But what they did to Michigan State um, showed me that this team can go on the road and they just played uh, in Indiana or in Illinois, um, wherever that Big Ten tournament was this year. Um, but Maryland's a team that that has the ability uh, to make some moves. If they win that matchup against UConn, then they see Alabama or Iona. Um, and then lastly, uh, one of the other teams that I'm looking at, uh, once again, as uh, much as it pains me to say it, um, is VCU. VCU is the team that, uh, gets you know into those comfortable 7-10 matchups where they could easily be the 7th seed. Um, but uh, I, Oregon's a tough team, and I just think, though, VCU matches up with them well. Um, and I know I keep saying all these Virginia teams, yeah. but Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech and Purdue are two other teams that I looked at and have seen this season that play that brand of basketball that translates to March. You're not going to be able to run up and down the court, Mark, all game. You're going to have to settle into the, to the half court. Virginia Tech, Purdue, um, you know, VCU, these are all three teams that play well in the half court. So,
0: And, uh, you know, then also back in the uh, Midwest region there in Illinois um, bracket, you got uh, down there for the 4-13 game, you got the Flames of uh, Liberty there in the 13th seed and, uh, and uh, Coach McKay usually has, okay. has his team um, ready ready for the tournament I think uh, just a couple years ago they they did a sweet 16 run
1: yeah no they made it they made a nice run and and you know what we weren't surprised then um, right. you know when we saw that and here's the thing I told USC fans because their first game of the season was against Liberty right yeah. so I said look USc's probably gonna lose this game to Liberty. It's not because USC isn't good, which they weren't this season. They were 6-15 and to finish out the season. But even then, Richie McKay knows how to get his team to play. They've got shooters. They've got dudes that can attack you at the rim. They've also got dudes that like to bang down low. So what are you supposed to do with that when they're scoring 70, 80 points a game? Um, But you look at who they're playing – and I don't know, man. It's just one of those games where I think that Liberty um, can 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 pull off the upset once again. Do I believe that they are supposed to be a 13 seed? I think they could have got away with being a 12, man. But you know what? Uh, Oklahoma State, Kate Cunningham, they've got the guards to match up with them. So I, I, I'm interested to see that matchup. Liberty's got the guards to match up with Kate Cunningham and what Mike Boynton has at Oklahoma State.
0: Well, and I know that Coach McKay, his first go-around at Liberty, he recruited a kid by the name of Seth Curry uh, before yeah. he transferred to Duke. You know, and he, um, you know, when ESPN did one of those bracket busters uh, games, uh, Liberty Liberty came to the Constance Center before, uh, before Seth Curry transferred, transferred to Duke. And then uh, Coach McKay went to go be a Bennett assistant and then, and then came back, so he definitely, definitely knows how to coach.
1: Yeah, he does. And uh, like I said, he's the one that's got the X's and O's for this time of the year, um, and that and it showed. I mean, they beat they beat the brakes off the of USC in that first game, um, and I knew then. I said, this is going to be a tournament team once again. I was calling it before that game, and and here they are in the tournament again. Um, and I just think, like it, with those teams we talked about that played together for two, three years, Mark. I'd be worried if I was Oklahoma State. Uh, Liberty can make them a run to the Sweet 16 again. They get past them, um, and then they've got a matchup uh, uh, against you know Tennessee or Oregon State. Again, they 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 can do it.
0: Yeah. And before we leave the men's side uh, over on the East Region, the Michigan bracket, you got Georgetown, a 12 seed, playing Colorado. And how about the run that uh, Patrick Ewing? Uh, had his team there in the Big East tournament.
1: I was very happy for him. Uh, we, we actually got a local kid, uh, Malcolm Wilson, former Ridgeview kid down here, um, a sophomore there, um, part of the NCAA student athlete oversight committee. So doing good things up there, representing the 803 uh, up in the nation's capital. But, man, that I was just very happy for Patrick Ewing because it's been a rough go for him at Georgetown. Loses Mac McClung, a Virginia kid out of Gate City, and you know, you expect them to year three or whatever start hitting the turn. Didn't go that way this year, obviously a pandemic year. But what this does for him moving forward is gives him the validation. I've been to the tournament. The benchmark in college basketball as a head coach, just get to the NCAA tournament. <laughs> you right. might not win a lot of games, you might get bounced out in the first round. If 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 ODU is making the tournament every year. No fan is, you know, disappointed when they made that tournament run a couple of years ago. It satisfied us for a quick second, for a quick second. But when you talk about, um, you know, uh, you know, what they're able to do, um, I, I really think this is, you know, the benchmark. And Patrick Ewing needed this to get to the next level. Now they keep moving forward, they got to get some recruits in there, uh, continue to build a culture. Um, but Georgetown. I don't think they're gonna make a deep run. I don't think they're gonna, um, I think in that game, uh, they're gonna fall to Colorado. Colorado's really good. Um, probably under seeded at that a five could be a three or four. Um, so I, I think, you know, uh, it's been a good run for Georgetown. They just gotta keep building on this, I think.
0: Yeah, and I think with uh the big East being at Madison Square Garden for as uh for as long as I can remember and number thirty three in the a- rafters you know, the, uh, storyline about that, uh, about that security guard, you know, I think, <laughs> I think somebody, uh, told him who in Nick's history, who the head coach of Georgetown is. <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah that, I don't want to, I don't
1: want to be on the side of that. I don't want to be the person that made that mistake. That's a firewall offense right there, honestly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but no, and then and then also in that region, the three seed is uh, is Texas and uh, Shaka. You know, I know that uh, you know he he used to be at VCU and he's he's been in Texas for a few years. And and this year, you know, Texas was uh, was on a on a nice run. It'll be interesting to see any thoughts on on their run there for the tournament.
1: Um, you know, looking at this bracket where they're at, uh, I'm happy that they got the three. Um, because you know, they took some late season losses, um, but it didn't really affect my opinion on what they'd be able to do. Why? Because who do they have at point guard leading the show? Norfolk native, uh, former Mari point guard, former Oak Hill guy, Matt Coleman. Um, he's really grown his game. You just saw him go head to head in the championship game of the Big Twelve against K Cunningham, who is potentially gonna be the number one pick in this upcoming draft, at least a lock for the top five. Matt Coleman proves himself on that stage, hitting jumpers, step backs, um, you know, and clutch, uh, making clutch plays, um, assisting the ball. Right. Can Shaka get this team to play like they played earlier this season in the tournament? Like we said, they got that game against Abilene Christian. I believe they'll win that one. But if they can get past either a Michigan State, UCLA, BYU matchup, um I like their chances you get to an Alabama I like their chances against an Alabama I think they can uh can can compete against Alabama and switch the way that Alabama does because Alabama has shooters on every single um spacing on the floor that's a team that you have to watch out for the way that they shoot the ball with Herb Jones so um you know Texas I think is you know moving in the right direction. But it's just that senior point guard that just really separates everybody for me. So um, Shaka, he needed this, too. We talk about Patrick Ewing. He yeah. needed this tournament run because those boosters were ready to give him the boot. So I think Shaka's bought himself some time. With a three seed in a pandemic year, um, he just has to continue to build on this, too. But it's college basketball. It's a crapshoot.
0: You never know what's going to happen season to season. Right. And the interesting thing about Coleman, I mean, when he's when he's in eighth grade, the VCU head coach starts recruiting them, you know, yeah. starts calling them, you know, Shaka. And then when he goes to Texas, you know, Coleman, Coleman joins him. What a, what a story, but uh, Hey, so uh, like to, like to talk uh, some women, women hoops here since you, uh, right. since you're right there, Columbia, and you got the number one, number one seed there is the, uh, is the lady, Lady Gamecocks. So, so the uh, so the women. Is that going to be similar to the men's tournament, where the women's tournament will be will be just in Texas?
1: Yeah, so it's all going to be in the San Antonio region, um, and it is from the twenty first to April fourth. Um, I love that the NCAA made the women's championship game before the men's now, because uh, it used to be flip flop. Uh, right. So the, the women go on mo- Sunday, men go on Monday. Um, and it just puts more eyeballs on this great product. Um, and I'll admit, well, obviously at ODU, I covered, we covered, um, you know, women's hoops pretty hard. Nikki McRae was there now at Mississippi state, um, you know, uh, and coach Milton there now, um, you know, I, I, I loved women's basketball. I learned to love it there because I came from a, a, a school that had a rich tradition in it. Right. Um, so I was always covering it, um, for South Carolina. This team right here is special. Um, they took some took some losses for them, but every game that they lost, they beat themselves. And Don Staley admitted that um, this team has the makeup of a championship team. They've got a, a a a bully in Aaliyah Boston on the block. Just got named AP first team All American today. She's only a sophomore, not even twenty one years old yet. You got Destiny Henderson, who's uh, been running the show this season. Um, she was, you know, a key contributor last year uh zaya cook sophomore as well um and has really made herself an all sec player um so she's gonna be a threat but then victoria saxton i mean i can just keep going and listing this whole roster of players that have a role they know what their role is and they execute it well um so again the game against uconn they went to overtime they had three chances at the buzzer to win that one should have won it at the buzzer they were disappointed in that learn from it lost to tennessee Lost to Texas A&M. They learned from those. And then when the flip needed to be switched in the postseason, what did they do? They went out there and did it and won by double digits and then beat Georgia in a tightly contested game for the SEC championship. They're sixth in seven years. So, Mark, I say all that to say I think this team, South Carolina, at the floor is an Elite Eight team. When you get to that point, everybody is good, but I think the Elite Eight is their floor.
0: Yeah, the, yeah, and the number two seed there in uh, in their region is is Maryland, and uh, you got uh, UCLA as the as the three seed, and then the four seed there in South Carolina is is, um, is West Virginia, but uh, you know, hopefully, you know, South Carolina. I mean, Don Don Staley as a as a player there uh you know playing at playing at uva and you know they had uh they had some great teams when when she was there you know as a <laughs> as a player so it'll be uh be interesting do you uh have any uh predictions there of uh the lady gamecocks when they when it looks like they start sunday at 6 p.m
1: yeah yeah, yeah, so, I, yeah I i like I, said, I think they uh I think they have, at the very least, a floor of the Elite Eight. Um, and, you know, this championship bus here at South Carolina, I get it, um, you know, because that's what they've become to they expect when you have an Asia Wilson come through and win in 2017. I think this team would have won the championship last year, winning 26 in a row with the senior makeup that they had. They lose Kiki Herbert-Harrigan, lose Cy Harris, two um, cornerstone program players. Um, but looking at this bracket, you got South Carolina versus Mercer on Sunday. South Carolina wins that one-handedly. Then it's Oregon State or Florida State, two tough teams right there. But I still think they win by 10 to 15 there. Um, then you get to the Sweet 16. You're facing, you know, like we said, either West Virginia or Georgia Tech or Stephen F. Austin or Lehigh. I think that is where um, they'll get a bit of a fight. But I just think they have ultimately too much – uh, on their starting five and then their top ten players uh, for any other team to really give them a problem until they get to the elite
0: eight. Yeah, yeah, and uh, let's see. On the women's side, is the overall number one seed is that is that Stanford or or is it? Or I, you is know, it was or? interesting
1: how they did it. I guess, I guess, I mean, the last one they announced was was UConn. I guess it's, if you, I guess it would be UConn. I mean, they were the number one team. Um, in the country. Um, they have Paige Beckers. Um, but if you're looking at a final four, uh, I'm looking at UConn to be there. I'm looking at South Carolina to be there. Um, I'm also looking at Texas A&M to possibly be there. If they can get their, their stuff together, they lost to Georgia in the semifinals, but Texas A&M is a team that I think can be there. Uh, and then finally, uh, in that West coast bracket, um, I, I, you know, Stanford has been good this season. Um, I think Georgia has a possibility to be there. Uh, I mean, they're a very tough team. Um, who is the two in that? Louisville. Louisville, yeah. Louisville is. Uh, they've been good. They've been good this season too. Had great battles with NC State. Um, I'm gonna lean. I'm gonna lean Louisville to come out of that bracket. I don't think all the ones make it. I think Pac-12 basketball plays a different style um, yeah. than the ACC and the SEC in women's hoops. Um, right. so I, I you know I'll go Louisville, Yukon, South Carolina and um in Texas A&M.
0: Now where was the SEC Championship uh tournament there for the women's was it was it there in Columbia with, the, with- it, was in, it was in Greenville South Carolina an hour and a half up the road. Oh okay. All right. But uh but yeah and then uh and let's see and then for a little bit you know there with uh being in Columbia, got uh, got a Hokie alum uh, there with uh, leading the football team, uh, Shane yeah. Shane Beamer. It should be uh, exciting for uh, Gamecock fans here this fall.
1: Man, they love everything that he brings, the energy, the excitement. It's all there. Um, and it hasn't been there for a long time. Um, you know, uh, Will Muschamp, you know, departed in December. Um, he's down in Georgia now. Um There was something that as an outsider coming in, I just kind of noticed that there wasn't the leader. There was no lineage. It felt like being paid homage to. Um, It was just, hey, we're trying to win football games. We're trying to keep our jobs, SEC, SEC. Uh, But you got these guys just shuffling in and out on the coaching staff each year. They didn't necessarily want to be here, it felt like. Um, But I can't say that. That's just me speculating. But what I do know is this. The staff that Shane Beamer has put together wants to be here. Shane Beamer wanted to be here. He was reaching out to alumni. He was reaching out to former players to um, key contributors to South Carolina athletics um, when the job became available. He wanted to be here. Finished his job at Oklahoma, has hit the ground running here. Um, But also his dad um, is someone that said, you know, look, he's earned this right. He's earned this right. It's not because of my name. He's put the work in. He's done, you know, several position coaching jobs, been an associate head coach. Um, so the resume is there for him to get the shot. And he was also here during the golden era of South Carolina football under Steve Spurrier. So, so talking to like DJ Swearinger, um, talking to the Tory girlies and, you know, the the former Gamecocks that have been here, um, they're excited about, about him and the culture and, and, and the identity that he's trying to put on this Gamecock football team.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, I know that uh he certainly he certainly built built his uh resume. i, I forgot that he was uh, he was an assistant there in South Carolina. I knew that I knew that he was uh just just coming from Oklahoma, but certainly uh certainly exciting there for uh there for GameCock football fans.
1: No, so, absolutely uh, and old Dominion, old Dominion coming down here in twenty twenty four. I'll have to be here for that one.
0: <laughs> oh uh, okay yeah yeah that's right with uh college football they um, th- you know they they end up uh you know scheduling scheduling some games uh with uh non-conference teams so far so far in advance you know, know. Um, exactly. uh, yeah and with uh with old Dominion uh, my uh buddy there from uh, western Ranch junior high dre, Dre Bly was was my first guest, and one of one of Dre's sons is at uh, is at Old Dominion for football.
1: Awesome, awesome. Uh, but, uh, you know, anybody from the Bly bloodline, I'm gonna trust to be a baller. Um, right. we're in a little bit, we're in high school, but yeah, man, I, I'm excited for ODU football this year. Um, really happy to see what Coach Ronnie has been able to pull in recruiting wise. Just hoping it translates on the field. I believe it will. Um, he's a good guy um and i'm excited to see what he does with the monarchs
0: yeah and uh yeah and it looks like the, the washington football team rewarded uh rewarded heineke here with a off season contract about a about a month ago uh,
1: Ron Rivera just trusted him you know and the thing about it was i don't think he ever wanted to cut him in carolina he wanted to keep taylor heineke he outplayed will greer um but marty herney and the panthers has spent I believe it was the second uh, round pick on Will Greer. You, you're not about to, you know, just can that guy after one or two years. You want to see what he's got. Obviously, he hasn't had a chance to really play or show much, but that also is indicative of the mistake they made. Um, Taylor Heineke outplayed him. So, Ron brought him into Washington, uh, and you saw what he did when he got a chance. That was his first chance being fully healthy. He got injured in Carolina, got injured in Houston, or got injured in Pittsburgh or Houston against Pittsburgh. Um, got injured in Minnesota. So many chances that he had to be a starting quarterback. He finally got a chance to show it. A little bit smarter now. Um, a little bit more mature. And uh, Taylor was able to take advantage of that. Um, and happy to see him get that deal. That's good for him.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, it's uh, when he uh, when he got got signed there in November. It's like an emergency. Uh, you know, um, just to just to be there. You know, um, if if something if something happened, but uh, here at the end of the season and then going up against the Bucks, it was it was showtime. Yeah,
1: you know? no, you know, it, that, and that's what it's got. has got to be showtime. man. so, right. you know, it, it's it's, <laughs> it's good to see, man, when the lights turn on, that's when you want. You know, that's when Taylor has always uh, been at his best. Um, and I was excited to see him on the national level. Think about him, Zach Pascoe, Travis Fulgham, uh, Rick Lovato, uh, Rashad Coward, guys in you know, O'Shane, guys that have been able to get on the rosters, stick on rosters, um, and make their way around the league. It's good to see Tim Ward, too, uh, with the Chiefs. So I don't think he's done. Um, I think it's just the beginning.
0: Yeah, and it, and it was, uh, you know, he can only control how well the offense did against and come to find out the Bucks. The Bucks were the Super Bowl ended up being the Super Bowl champs, but Heineke certainly um uh, went went toe toe there in the there in the playoff game. Nice nice reward there by uh, Scott Turner and Ron Rivera. Absolutely. Absolutely. But uh all right, Mitch. Well hey, any uh any final final thoughts uh here about uh what's uh what's going down tomorrow. I know that Michigan State UCLA, that's that's one of the first four games, and they certainly have, have tradition there in those two basketball programs.
1: Yeah, I'm excited, man. Uh, I'm a big fan of the first four. I'm just a big fan of hoop in general. Um, I'm excited for this bubble format. I know a lot of people don't like it. Of course, I would like to be back to what it was like for the Louisville Regional, the last NCAA tournament game I was at. It was Purdue and Virginia. Uh, so you remember what happened in that one, craziness. Um but you know i'd love to be like that but i love the nba bubble just because it lets teams there's no advantage it's you just gotta hoop go out there and hoop so um you know i'm excited to see michigan state ucla excited to see norfolk state against appalachian state um this is finally we finally got all the ball out the way this is what matters now um of course all the games matter but i'm excited
0: mark yes yes and i'm uh right there with you and uh and, and to all the listeners out there, uh, so uh, if you're in the Columbia Columbia area, turn in to uh, – tune in to Fox Fox Affiliate as uh, Channel 57, as today yeah, we, go had, go. Uh, we had Sports Director Mitch Brown on as our, uh, as our guest here with uh, Episode 8 of uh, Sports, Sports Talk with Rags. So uh, thanks again for your time, Mitch. And um, thanks for being on. I appreciate
1: you, Mark, for having me on. You take care.
0: All right. All right. So uh, everybody get ready to fill those brackets out, both on the men and on the women's side. Go go Lady Gamecocks. (laughs) All right.